It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. Can you really change your brain? According to today's guest, Dr. Daniel Amen, you're not stuck with the brain you were born with. You can change it and change your life. Dr. Amen is one of America's leading psychiatrists and brain health experts. He has authored or co-authored 70 professional articles and more than 30 books, including the New York Times mega bestseller, Change Your Brain, Change Your Life. Dr. Amen has appeared on numerous television shows, including Dr. Phil, Dr. Oz, the Doctors and The View. He was a consultant for the movie Concussion starring Will Smith and he appeared on the Emmy winning show The Truth About Drinking. Dubbed America's most popular psychiatrist by the Washington Post, Dr. Amon's work has been featured in Newsweek, Time, The New York Times, The Washington Post, ABC World News and 2020 among others. Welcome Dr. Amon, thanks for joining us. Well thanks so much for having me. So Dr. you are recognized as a brain health expert. What is it that led you to be so interested in the brain? Well, it's funny. I was a really good neuroscience student in medical school, but I never really thought about my own brain until I got a chance to look at it. So at Amen Clinics, except eight clinics around the country, uh, including one in Manhattan, when we started looking at the brain, I looked at mine, and I'm like, oh, that's not healthy because I played football in high school and had meningitis as a young soldier. Um, And my 60-year-old mother had a better-looking brain than I did at 37. And I then became obsessed with, well, can I make it better? And if I make it better, will I have more energy, more focus, a better mood, better decisions? And it really just transformed everything I did for myself but also for my patients. So doctor, let's start there. The the brain that you had at age 37, if someone has been living a lifestyle that may not have been kind to his or her brain, is it ever too late to make the changes that can cause it to be healthier? Well, that's one of the most exciting things we've learned is it's really never too late that the habits you do today will improve or worsen your brain tomorrow. And so learning how to love and care for your brain and then um, what are the strategies I can do to optimize it um, really is so exciting. And, And I work with a group at Stanford on how people change. And they change through these little tiny habits. You know, what's the smallest thing I can do today that'll make the biggest difference? And I came up with this question, which is the tiny habit of brain health. It's before you go and do something today, just ask yourself, is this good for my brain 
or bad for it. And if you love yourself, you'll choose good because it's never you should do the right thing. It's about love. I do the right thing because I love my life. I love my wife. I love my mission. I love me. And so too many people get hung up on, oh, I can't have this and I can't have that. And it's like, come on, God gave you a big brain for a reason. Mm -hmm. There are 10,000 good things you can do. Um, So, for example, food's hugely important in this. And I only want to eat foods I love that love me back. Uh, You know, and probably a lot of your listeners have been in a bad relationship. I've certainly been in bad relationships in the past. And I'm not doing that anymore. And I'm for sure not doing that with the food I eat because I have a choice. And the food I eat, well, will it love me back? I only eat things I really love, but will it love me back? Doctor, in addition to food, what are some of the biggest factors that influence brain function? So the air you breathe, the water you drink, the thoughts you think, all of this matters. And the food you eat, the relationships you have. Whenever we evaluate someone in Amen Clinics, we look at their brain that's really important to us, but we also evaluate their brain in these four big circles. So what's the biology, the physical function of your brain? What's the psychology? How do you think? And we live in a world of undisciplined thinkers. Um, What's the social circle? So who do you hang out with? The fastest way to get healthy is to find the healthiest person you can stand and spend as much time around him or her as possible. And the spiritual circle, which is ultimately about why do you care? Why are you on the planet? What's your sense of meaning uh, and purpose? Because purposeful people live longer. They're happier. They're more engaged in their lives. With this 24-7 world that we live in, the technology and this constant stimulus, are our brains on overload? Are they they short-circuiting? Well, (laughs) our attention span is withering. Right. Uh, And it's so we're being bombarded by technology that was purposefully made to be addictive. So we just have to, like, start with that. Uh, And I have a new book I just finished. Uh, that'll be out next year called The End of Mental Illness. And because these things aren't mental, they're brain. And when you get that, it just changes everything. And in the book, I talk about the evil ruler. If I was an evil ruler, well, what would I do to create mental illness? And the first thing I'd do is create addictive phones and addictive food and addictive gadgets to steal your attention And then I would have you pay attention to things that are angry, divisive, or make you feel like you're less than other people. This is a, it's a serious situation because I worry about our children. I have two sons that are in their 20s, and I see a major difference in them from people my own age, and it really makes me nervous about the little kids that are growing up today with all of this technology, we have no idea what their brains are going to be like when they're older. Well, you know, there's some new studies, and it's just not good uh, that people spend more time on social media, have thinner brains, that the cortex of their brain is actually thinner. That's a bad thing. Um, and they're addicted. I mean, you can even see them as young as 
one-year-olds, that if their parents have given them the phone a fair amount to babysit them, that they can't stop looking. And that's a really bad thing. So, Doctor, as I'm getting older, one of the things that I experience, and a lot of my friends complain about it as well, is that we seem to have this brain fog or this memory loss. I mean, I know I can walk into a room, and as I'm entering the room, forget why I was going in. And sometimes in a conversation with someone like you during an interview, I think I know where I'm going, and I totally lose my train of thought. Why is that happening? Is it because of all the things we just discussed? Well, it's not normal. So that's important to understand. People who complain of memory problems, if they don't do something about it, 80% of the time they get worse. And so the question to ask yourself, is my memory worse than it was 10 years ago? And if it is, you should do something about it. And in my book, Feel Better Fast and Make It Last, which is out now, I talk about if you want to keep your brain healthy or rescue it, if it's headed to the dark place, you have to prevent or treat the 11 major risk factors that steal your mind. And we know what they are. And I have a mnemonic I like called bright minds. So for example, to be in bright minds is for blood flow. Low blood flow is the number one brain imaging predictor of Alzheimer's disease. So, you know, we see that on the imaging work we do. The study we do is called SPAC. And SPAC looks at blood flow and activity. You also know if that's you if you don't exercise. goes with lower blood flow. If you smoke um, or you vape, if you drink much caffeine, constricts blood flow to the brain. If you have any form of heart disease or hypertension, all of those um, decrease blood flow to the brain. So for these 11 risk factors, it's like know which ones you have and then attack them. So with blood flow, it's like the supplement ginkgo helps. Exercise helps. Certain foods like beets, rosemary, cayenne pepper can help. So none of it's hard. You just have to know, well, what are my risk factors? And age is a risk factor. And what a lot of women don't know is, yes, when you go through menopause, lower progesterone and estrogen goes with lower blood flow to the brain. So I'm a fan of testing it and bioidentical hormone replacement. But a lot of women don't know 10 years before you go into menopause, your hormones are already shifting, especially progesterone goes low. And when that happens, it means women are becoming more irritable. They have more trouble sleeping. They're more anxious. And then they start to drink more or they get on mommy's little helper like Xanax or they start taking antidepressant medication, all of those things can lower blood flow to the brain and make you worse. You just mentioned antidepressants. I know a lot of people that are taking them. Do you think that those types of drugs are overprescribed? No question in my mind. 23% of women between the ages of 20 and 60 are taking antidepressant medication. Depression is not a Prozac deficiency. It means your brain's not healthy. So what are the things, you know, head-to-head -head against antidepressant fish oil has been shown to be equally effective. Walking like you're late, 45 minutes, four times a week, equally effective. Um, learning how to not believe every stupid thing you think. So if you get sad, 
first thing to do is not get on a medication that you're going to have trouble stopping. It's to check your lifestyle and make sure you're doing the right thing. I saw a cartoon this week where toxic drugs and surgery versus lifestyle changes. And uh, the window for lifestyle changes was empty. But there was this huge line for toxic medication and surgery. And that's a real frustration point for me. Because in medical school, I learned first do no harm. Use the least toxic, most effective treatment. And there's this great new study out of Australia where they went to the outer islands. And one outer island had fast food restaurants. Another outer island did not have fast food restaurants. And they randomly got 100 people in each island. And they measured in their blood their omega-3 fatty acid level. And then the island with fast food was significantly lower. And that island had five times the level of depression than the island without fast food. So your diet matters. Another study that showed that if you just put more colorful fruits and vegetables in your diet, it significantly improved your mood. And, you know, the food we're feeding people in this country, it's killing us. The D in bright minds is diabetes. And 40% of us are obese, 70% of us overweight. I published two studies that show as your weight goes up, the size and function of your brain goes down, which should just scare the fat off anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, So if we really work on our diet, our brains can be so much better. Well, and that's what your work teaches because conditions like anxiety, depression, anger, obsessions, they are brain issues. And, and you know, it's when we take these drugs, it's just putting a Band-Aid and not getting to the root cause of, of what might be going on. And it sounds like we have a lot more power to heal this than we think we do. And that's all wonderful news. It's all wonderful news. You just have to know better because when people know better, they tend to do better. And we need to do something better. Um, I was at the White House about a year ago, and we were talking about the opiate epidemic. And you know, the big idea I had was we need a national brain health initiative. We need to teach kids and workplaces and churches to love their brain so that we would never want to poison it. But most people never develop a personal relationship with their brain. So when I saw my scan, I developed a personal relationship. I'm like, that's bad. I can do better. And 20 years later, my brain was fuller, fatter, healthier. You are not stuck with the brain you have, but you have to first fall in love with it. Doctor, I believe in the power of our thoughts, and a majority of our daily thoughts are negative, and they're the same thoughts that we had from the day before. So what advice do you offer our listeners to help them shift these automatic negative thoughts so we can better utilize brain power? You know, I write about this a lot, and this is something they actually should have taught us in second grade, which is you don't have to believe every stupid thing you think. From an evolutionary standpoint, our brains are wired for fear because knowing that something is going to eat you helps you prevent being eaten. And so often we wake up or we spend our days predicting the worst possible thing that's going to happen, and we don't know how to manage our minds. 
And the simple, tiny habit to get your mind right is whenever you feel sad or mad or nervous or out of control, write down what you're thinking. And then just ask yourself if it's true. If you absolutely know it's true. I stole this from my friend Byron Katie. She wrote a great book called Loving What Is. And I just, it's a great ant killing book. So ant, automatic negative thoughts. If you don't correct them, they start to multiply. And if you're hanging out with negative people, your ants will mate with their ants. And all of a sudden you have super ants and you feel awful. And it's not a, a fun time. But you don't have to believe every stupid thought you have. Tell us about the Daniel Plan. How can following this program improve health and well-being? Well, goodness, it was about almost nine years ago that Pastor Rick Warren at Saddleback Church called me. Um, And Saddleback's one of the largest in the world. They have 18 locations. He said, I'm fat. My church is fat. Will you help me? He saw me on public television talk about the dinosaur syndrome, big body, little brain. You're going to become extinct if we don't get control over this. And so together with my friend, uh, Dr. Mark Hyman, we created the Daniel Plan for Saddleback Church based on these five pillars. So faith, why do you care? Food, fitness, focus, which is focus on brain health. And friends, we get better together or sick together. And the first week we launched it in 2011, 15,000 people signed up. The first year they lost a quarter of a million pounds. It was really exciting. And now thousands of churches around the world have done the Daniel Plan. And um, I'm just so blessed to be able to teach people, love your brain, love your body, know how to care for it because it's going to take you through the rest of your life. And, you know, I turned 65 and I love my four children, but quite honestly, I never want to have to live with them. And I love them. <laughs> I never want to be a burden. I don't want them taking my license from me. I don't right. want them, you know, I'm dealing with all this stuff from my, with my own dad. And, but if that's true, that I love my independence, then that means I have to take care of my brain. If you would like to get more information about the Daniel Plan or any of Dr. Amen's work, you can visit danielamonmd.com. Doctor, in about 30 seconds or less, what's the takeaway? What would you like to leave our listeners with? Well, the big message of my work is you're not stuck with the brain you have. You can make it better. I can prove it. And you just have to know how. Um, you know, some of my books, like you mentioned, Change Your Brain, Change Your Life, or my new book, Feel Better Fast. Uh, they can learn about our clinics at amenclinics.com. Um, it's, it's just the most exciting advance in medicine is you're not stuck with the brain you have. Doctor, thank you so much for joining us and for talking about the power of the brain. As you explained, there's much that we can do to tap into that power and to learn how to use our brain instead of allowing it to use us. So thank you for spending time with us. Thanks so much. This is Conversations with Joan. Until next time, thanks for tuning in.